I don't enjoy the game as much as I used to. Hurling? Hurling, yeah. I don't it, enjoy it. it. It just seems to be a lot easier. And goals mean less than they did. And for me, if you scored a goal in the All-Ireland Final in the 80s and 90s, that was generally the winning of the game. Subscribe to the OTBGAA podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. The News Round on Off The Ball. With Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave with your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now. Now you're very welcome along. Tuesday's Off The Ball coming at you. Great to have you with us. So the football show this evening will include Pat Nevin and Karen Duggan. Pat will be talking about the weekend's Premier League just gone. And of course, Champions League, which is now very much upon us. Karen, with her thoughts on Ireland's performance stateside, they are in action once again in a few hours' time, half past 12 Wednesday morning. A slight tangent, the segment taking sports radio by storm is what they're saying, both inessential and compelling all at once. Myself, Michael McCarthy, Arthur O'Dea, Willow Callahan, uh, riffing on various things this evening, Masters, Rory, GA as a spectacle, Celtic support or lack thereof these days. Lots of emails in this week. And then this hour, GA Championship opening weekend. We do complain when there aren't competitive games at this time of year. So let's at least enjoy the fact we did have uh, some vibrant contests Colin Boyle like most Mayo people scratching his head he'll be doing that at half past seven five three one oh six the text number we are at off the ball on Twitter Michael McCarthy here for the news round as well as a slight tangent hello good evening Anne-Marie Donnan, welcome back from Anfield. Hi, Joe. Yeah. Oh, my God. What a game. What a game. Yeah. I was only saying to Mick outside, I don't think I ever remember a game leaving so physically exhausted. I was so drained from it because it had absolutely everything except a winner, obviously. Um, Obviously, Arsenal's brilliant start and their um, sheer class in the first half an hour and Liverpool's passiveness. They just looked so easy to play against, particularly the Jesus goal Arsenal just absolutely tore them stretched them and then um, you got a sense at 2-0 the majority of the Anfield crowd were thinking oh god this is going to be a rout and it was kind of a sense of like just there because they had to be almost and then like it was strange to go to Anfield at this time of the season without something on the line that was really weird and then that first half hour just compounded that even more so and then like a switch it was insane never seen anything like the turn in terms of how the crowd got up for it once Xhaka and Trent Alexander-Arnold kind of had their handbags right in front of the cop and then the game just took on a life of its own the intensity just shifted completely over to Liverpool and Arsenal were completely bossing the football up to that 40th minute and then once the crowd got into it it was just a completely different story and then um, obviously Salah to equalise and then to miss and his second penalty in a row to miss it was just so dramatic and then obviously Firmino of all men to come on and get the equaliser and then Ramsdale to have the biggest 10 minutes of his life it was just <laughs> it was just mad like it was just so insane and yeah it was really good like it was a really good game I did get the sense though coming away from it that Arsenal won't win the title mm. yeah I just felt in that second half when they needed players to stand up nobody did except Ramsdale and obviously in a title race your keeper is extremely important but he's not going to win you one and it just feels like City are on this run now. And I've seen Arsenal described as steely um, because they kind of held on, but 
they scuppered a 2-0 lead really against a team that were playing poorly they let them back into it so I kind of felt coming away from it Arsenal aren't going to win that title now maybe I could be wrong but that's the sense I got from it but you'd think Arsenal as well would have known better like Xhaka to go at that in front of the cop with Trent when the almost exact same thing happened in that fixture last year Arsenal at Anfield they were really well set up frustrated Liverpool for 20 minutes and then Arteta just goes off on one gets the crowd involved and Liverpool win 4-0 you'd think they would have had a bit more kind of cop on but Mm. they didn't a lot's been made of that Xhaka moment I feel too much. No, no, I can't explain how the crowd were just there out of almost a sense of duty. Like, oh, let's just get this over with. Like before kickoff, people were talking about, I wish I could just fast forward to August. That was the sense around the ground. There was no excitement. There was no sense that there was anything riding on this. And then the half an hour, it was completely like that. And it was just sense of, oh, get this over with. Could be three, could be four. Just get out of here alive somehow. And then it was just a flip. It was just, it was like someone just switched. I'm interested in that though, because as like yesterday, I was thinking you're just looking for an incident here. You're looking for a turning point. When I was listening to and watching on TV, I didn't think the jacket thing was big enough for it to be that turning point. But hearing somebody who was at the ground say that it was so yeah. clear that everything went, everything changed in that moment is, is pretty interesting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Angela, who's an Irish villain. We really do need to start talking about Unai Emery. What a job he's doing. Would love to hear mixed thoughts. We don't have time this evening, Angela, but we will get to it this week 100%. There's a text in to say, we're going to make that a thing now. Um, yeah, it's well a thing at this <laughs> stage, yeah. Where have they gone? Six? Sixth in the Six. league. Oh, yeah. Champions League football, practically. Nosebleeds. Uh, it is. Uh, uh, Run out with toilet paper at home. Redemption for Unai Emery, I think we can safely say. Redemption. He didn't need redemption. Also, he, surely he got redeemed when he won the uh, Europa League. We didn't count that, really. <laughs> you didn't count it. <laughs> Highlights, perhaps, Stephen Gerrard's position in management. Has anybody checked in on him? No. Villa were uh, three points off the bottom of the table yeah. when uh, when Gerrard got sacked. Oh. They're sixth in the league now. What has Emery done in a line? In a line, it's hard to do that in a line. We'll talk about it again. We'll talk about it again. Let's get into it another day. <laughs> Arthur just has, pointed out, I'm ruining the gag by doing this. Yeah. There is a purpose and a confidence to the players who have, uh, like, genuinely, you can see really, really clearly what their jobs are. Mm-hmm. I was here telling you that that was not the case under Jared. There was no discernible plan, uh, either in defence or attack, and that is completely, completely the opposite now. They're one of the best drill teams in the league. Mm. And you can think like, well, you know, what's that going to be like after another, you know, after a summer under his belt in the preseason? Yeah, very exciting. No, it's impressive. Uh, Roy McIlroy, lads, hate to say it, he's veering into Butler territory now. I hate the word Butler. Uh, texting is a very dismissive term, but certainly not handling the Augusta pressure is a nicer way of putting it. And there is veracity in the point yeah I know I know Like, but it's almost like it's like I wish we could have that without such a kind of a cruel and mean Harsh like phrase. a mean yeah. term almost like isn't it you know and it's also like surely Roy McIlroy's achievements have borne out a certain amount of bottle and composure over the years like not many people win four majors not many people go to world number one and come back and do it again and so on you know like he obviously has some mental issue there that needs to be sorted out and I think he knows that 
Yeah. The fact that he's not playing this weekend in a tournament that it's going to cost him to not play in because he's it's it's the designated events you you understand that stuff more than I do and he's already missed one you're only allowed to miss one. Yeah. That's a big statement. Very that big. he needs to go and reassess a little bit. Yeah. Not least given he's been effectively the leader of this new season and yeah. he got various uh, players into a room a couple of weeks ago and explained how it would all work and this is going to be great and now he's I think the first player to miss two as you said you're only miss, allowed to miss one so unless it turns out maybe there was an injury last week and it's carried into this week and, and he gives some kind of rationale unless that is the case then it does point to him being completely devastated they can't face even just turning up and going through the motions for these couple of days at Hilton Head I'd say it's the latter yeah, yeah that'd be the instinct like it, it does yeah. feel like yeah. it yeah it does feel it like it feels like this year was kind of now or never this feels bigger than other years. Mm, it does. Yeah. yeah. I've heard a few people say that. I, I, His game was in such good shape. Yeah, man. he's also 33, 34 years old. He has got another I know. 10 years to do this and he's going to be in different phases of form coming in at different times. It doesn't... Like, if he had competed this week and played well, would it have felt now or never? No. Is it, no, that, is it, is it just that he so clearly didn't show up yes. you know that, that everything just went wrong the moment seemingly got to him I don't think that's necessarily going to happen every time you know no not necessarily but he might not always come in in such good form like yeah. there have been other years where he's come in in average form and hasn't been able to deliver so this feels like such a waste primed to do it everything God. in good work in order I, uh, we were on Friday night uh, Will was doing the game at the Aviva so I was just doing bits of updates with him and you know I'm living and dying by Rory's like back nine on Friday when he got the you know he missed the putt for Eagle and then missed the putt for Parshade after and, you're t- and then kind of like thinking what am I talking about here like I mean we're worried about whether he's going to miss the cut yeah. or not as opposed to whether Rory's going to win the Masters or not yeah. it's a, it's a, even at that stage it was just so you know it all obviously collapsed in the couple of holes after that but even before that you're thinking like this is gone mm. you know we're, we're arguing over nothing here you really you know yeah uh, Bob and Twitter a quick last one before we get into the news round is there going to be any mention of Martinelli cheating <laughs> <laughs> Bob tweeted uh, me this this morning making out that he was kicked in the head and trying to get Kanate sent off feigning a head injury probably more serious than what Kane was brilliant yeah, so Bob's a Spurs weekend. fan I know yeah uh, and he was angry with us for talking about Harry Kane last week you know Harry Kane that was a story it's the exact same thing with Martinelli yeah it was blatant there's no, there's no difference in it just because it might not be as highlighted but yeah. you know that's because there probably isn't as many people defending it there was a lot of that game management in it from Arsenal but you'd expect that yeah yeah just a quick word on Kanate. Did that come across on TV how good he was? Um, oh, he was man of the match for me. I know they gave it to Ramsdale, obviously, because of the saves in the last 10 minutes. But I thought he was absolutely unbelievable. He was everywhere and he tidied up everything at the back. I feel like he's taken himself to a new level yeah. this season. Maybe it's because Van Dijk hasn't been particularly on song, but I feel like Kanate has gone up a level. He was brilliant on Sunday. Right, interesting. Sometimes players can stand out more in person. Yeah, yeah. Find more of a presence almost than on TV I like I was too confused by Trent Alexander-Arnold to take much else in I mean he was probably the best player on the pitch and also shocking yeah particularly in the first half oh. he was just so poor and then his assist for oh. the second goal just Nuts. kind of sums him up as a player Do you know he's just yeah. so confusing it's just such an enigma and in some ways I mean it's not confusing it's very straightforward he's brilliant 
with the ball and going forward and he is catastrophic without the ball I mean it's it's shocking the extent to which he's not learning and we're talking real basics here and I even tweeted a screen grab because I watched the match back yesterday because I didn't have a chance to see it on Sunday and if you picture the scene it's the build up to the first goal Xhaka has the ball on the halfway line under not much pressure I mean he's he's just so obviously shaping to pass mm-hmm. the ball up the line and as he's pulling the trigger I would say without even thinking Martinelli and Canate turn their bodies towards the Liverpool goal and start running towards where the ball's going to go and genuinely inexplicably Alexander-Arnold is just flat-footed and square and almost even takes half a step forward not trying to play on anyone offside just like a non-reading of the situation and it turns what was like a routine nothing situation into all hands on deck we're in big trouble here Canate sprinting across to try and cover Alexander-Arnold and I think Keane made the point after the match as well the really worrying thing is he's not learning and, no. and that is such a basic nothing routine moment so I can't make sense of that versus so I, I tweeted that at the time that this is bizarre and then spent the next hour going yeah he really is the best player on the pitch though yeah yeah. his reactions are just so poor mm. you know he set up Firmino right yeah. when Firmino came on I heard it all week as well about like him and Robbie Fowler had the most goal Liverpool goals mm. or I think he was one behind Fowler against Arsenal I kind of knew you know just felt like oh god he always scores against Arsenal even without that graphic I mean, yeah. I, do you buy into that stuff I don't know I, I know as a I don't know if you, when it's when it's your team like if I was an Arsenal fan I definitely would be thinking it you know so when it's your team you guy comes oh he always yeah. scores against us there is, there is something to that I think there was a time you know? when Danny Murphy scored every winning goal against Manchester United yes, remember Origi <laughs> scored how many against Everton yeah. yeah, and he had yeah. that hoodoo over them. Callum That's Wilson it. scored his 12th goal against West Ham during the week. There you go. Now, why, like West Ham is such a random team to have. <laughs> it just, it just like comes alive <laughs> when he sees that claret and blue. There could uh, be something the in blue, Burnley or Villa. No, When we, you see someone that always scores against you, particularly coming on. So there could yeah, be something maybe in that, all, well, like, oh, they're bringing him on here to cause a bit of danger. Well, yeah. Arsenal were definitely spooked by Anfield and that whole record and buying into that kind of stuff like way too much. Like I still think the Arteta, you, you'll never walk alone stuff and all like that. The, like whether he didn't go as strong this time or not, it's that's in his deal. DNA that he obviously has this thing about Anfield they all do like, but that has to feed in when even they're 2-0 up it's like the job isn't done they haven't won there since I've never 2009 or whatever heard the Anfield thing played up as much as this season it yeah. was the whole talking point for an hour before Manchester United Liverpool admittedly the 7-0 so maybe there was something in it but I mean <laughs> it's like we've been away from Anfield for 10 years yeah, yeah, yeah. but that's uh, just because they've been so poor away from Anfield and then they're getting these freak results at Anfield maybe yeah Jason Dublin Mick talking about mean this is on the bottler comment Mick talking about meanness as he called Pep Guardiola an arsehole on national radio last week well, that's <laughs> I apologise for that today after actually yeah, yeah, fair yeah, fair dead right to yeah. call him out the news round is brought to you which let labs get the ultimate shave or your money back neon night edition is available now there is Champions League I think a bottler is a worse thing to call someone than an arsehole well let's uh, do a Twitter poll on it or something we don't have time for it now what would I rather be called <sighs> neither is great yeah. A bottler 
it's like you can't even achieve what you set out yeah. to do. And our soul, like you might have achieved it, not in a nice way, but yeah. at least just you have that more of a winner. Yeah, yeah. Like Michael Jordan. Yeah. Yeah, okay. It's just a name calling thing. Like, you know what I mean? Whereas a bottler is real, says something about your character. Yes. His manhood has been yeah. undermined. Uh, it's it's all very strange on Thrones. So it's a bank holiday Tuesday return for us here. So Champions League is suddenly upon us. Thomas Tuchel and Pep once again, Amory. Yeah, the quarterfinals of this season's Champions League get underway tonight. And as you say, it'll see Thomas Tuchel Tuchel make his return to England. The former Chelsea boss brings his new Bayern Munich side to the Etihad. That's to face Manchester City in the first leg of their last eight tie. Tuchel beat City and Pep Guardiola with Chelsea back in the 2021 final before being sacked the following year. He says there's no room for sentiment, but he is looking forward to this occasion. It's a pure pleasure. It's a pure joy and uh, a great gift to be part of a match like this, of a quarterfinal in Champions League. Listen, Tuesday and Wednesday football is is, uh, is the competition where you want to be. If you are there as a player or you have the possibility to be there as a coach, it's, it's a gift from life and I appreciate it a lot. And it's an obligation to give my very, very best from motivation and from input and from 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 help and devotion to my players um, this is it there is no more there is no more motivation needed i can tell you i'm happy to be back it's it i enjoyed every single day being in england coaching in england and in premier league happy to be back and uh, be back in this atmosphere but um, when the whistle goes there will not be so much uh, of uh, enjoyment and of uh, sentimental thoughts we will then compete until the last whistle Uh, reassuring uh, tones of Thomas Tuchel he sounds almost spiritual there (laughs) he did spend a lot of the last couple of months in the retreat hanging out with some guru have you seen this no oh yeah there's a big I started it big long YouTube interview about his spirituality and his routines and uh, trying to live life on a higher plane so I think some of that's coming through there. In, in his press conference, he looked particularly positive, like really happy, you really hang out chilled with a, you out. Hang out. Yeah, now that you say that, forest, that makes sense. You know? uh, <laughs> ten previous meetings, Tuchel's only beaten uh, Pep Guardiola's side three times, but I think Champions League final counts for extra. Uh, he just said the other day as well, this morning I woke up really early and I decided I'd better go into the training round because I couldn't get back to sleep. I just kept thinking about the match. I couldn't work out if that was a, I'm stressed and I can't stop thinking about the various tactical permutations yeah. or if it was more of the it's such a gift from life I'm, I'm too excited. excited yeah and can't stop thinking about the tactical permutations that too I think yeah lots of uh, pieces written about their relationship in the build up it seems it's uh, cooled from uh, dinners early on and uh, mentorship to oh hang on you're a bit too good for me to help you mm. a cooling on Guardiola's side so we have Ireland in uh, St. Louis this evening yes and the Republic of Ireland manager Vera Pau has ruled out making wholesale changes for tonight's friendly against the USA defender Aoife Mannion is set to be rested while Sinead Farley will be on the bench for the game which is in Missouri and kicks off at half past 12 Irish time meanwhile Alan Brown is an injury doubt for the Republic of Ireland's European qualifiers against Gibraltar and Greece which are in June the Preston midfielder suffered a medial ligament injury in their win against 
against QPR on Friday. Preston boss Ryan Lowe says Brown is currently in a knee brace as a precaution and there's currently no timescale on his recovery. We'll talk to Karen Duggan on the football show but Ireland's 2-0 defeat on Saturday and look ahead to the game this evening. A lot of positives in that defeat even though it was a 2-0 defeat. Ireland created their fair share of chances which they hadn't done in recent games not least against China. Defensively they were pretty sound and Vera Pau was effusive about the debut of Sinead Farley as well. She's an extraordinary story. 33 years of age she played underage for the USA at 17s, 20s and 23 level. She was playing in the um, American League and owing to car crash and also her allegations of sexual coercion and harassment against Paul Riley, she took a break from football for six years. So Saturday night she played an hour. Before that she had played 20 minutes in six years and she was so good that Vera Pau said, oh my God, she changes how we can play. Once we get her fitness up to speed, she's pretty much guaranteed a place on the plane. And this is already hyper-competitive situation. So I'm looking forward to chatting to Karen about that, amongst other things. Denise O'Sullivan, by the way, is just immaculate on the ball. Yeah, you were saying she's the best player on the pitch? I think she is. Against I think America, look. Against better teams. I think if she played on the American side, she would have absolutely... Uh, what is What was it the Clough said about John Giles? Pack the game up, put it in her back pocket. I think she is maybe Ireland's least appreciated sports person. She is so good. And you know what I love most about her? Uh, immaculate on the ball, never gives it away. Often her teammates do. She never gives it the all. Oh, come on, hands in the air. Uh, she is just a sensational player. And for someone who's so good on the ball, like her ability to cover ground off the ball and dispossess opposition. Again, she's better at that than anybody else on the pitch, not just in the Irish side, on the pitch. She's kind of like Kante, and, but better on the ball, uh, I think. I think she's so, so good and underappreciated. And, and like I said, her attitude is amazing because she would have every right at times to be like, God, can we not keep the ball here a bit more? But she doesn't, so... It yeah. was a special night for her Over. as well, 100 caps. Yeah, 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 she's yeah, amazing. Yeah. Um, where are we go next McElroy interesting news yes yeah, so he has withdrawn from this week's RBC Heritage event on the PGA Tour the four time major winner missed the cut at the Masters over the weekend that was after rounds of 72 and 77 left him five over par at Augusta it's the second time this season that McElroy has missed a designated PGA Tour event having also sat out the Tournament of Champions in January uh, Mick and Sligo I know it's not so simplistic but as a casual viewer I must say golf seems so bloody random at times whatever form McElroy was in it just feels like whatever goes on during those four days of a major is impossibly hard to call did anyone tip John Ram? oh loads did oh sorry yeah yeah. well it's going to become so much more random now because we don't know the form of the live guys as well coming through there was that I mean I think what it speaks to is just how uh, much precision there is required in golf and there's about 10 games within the game and if one aspect of your armoury is off then it will completely ruin you and golf has a way of continually asking you the questions you don't want asked and mental questions are one of those uh, tools in your armoury as well let's face it it's not just all technical yeah it all speaks to just how freakish Tiger Woods was yeah that he was able to, to that he didn't have that he won weeks like that in his prime yeah, 82 times yeah. four, 15 majors yeah. uh, that he topped the stats in every department in a game where the difference between the number one guy and the 100th guy is not very visible to the naked eye a lot of the time yeah 
Absolutely, and sure, look, I mean, we know that how much of a freak Tiger was, but at the same time, there's guys there that do challenge that are there or thereabouts that are in the top 20, 25 every week, and Rory should be one of them. And, you know, this was almost an extra thing rather than it just not going his way this week you know the one thing about Ram did you find Sunday like Sunday night to me I have to say was a little bit boring for a master Sunday like I mean Ram did everything right but I just wanted to see him challenge I've never ever remember a thing where the only one who made any kind of a move the only ones were Mickelson and Speed, and they were so far they were so early in the day yeah. that there was no there was like they were never going to catch yeah. we needed somebody three shots four shots better to do what they did and it was just it, nobody even looked like it yeah, it was, there was uh, never a point session. where it even said, "Oh, if he could get two birdies, mm. if he could get three birdies." Because you never saw Ram getting sick of himself. Really, he was always going to just hold it together because he looked yeah. so assured. Yeah, we've had but certainly when nobody was coming up as we've back. had uh, a terrible run of Masters Sundays now. Last year, Scotty Scheffler, the dullest nightmare of all time. <laughs> I like wake me up from that one. <laughs> wake up with dull sweats. I'm so bored. It was so boring. Uh, Matsuyama really boring final round great story but really boring Dustin Johnson that was oh the, I didn't even watch that the winter masters oh, that was under. the COVID one 20 yeah. under so boring and you're going back to Tiger 2019 it's like that penance. was the last good one it's like if, if I'm giving you Tiger said the golfing yeah, guys <laughs> you're having a, a decade of crap <laughs> so really bad Sunday uh, just because Kepka didn't show up Kepka's a weird one in that he, he emerged as this guy who just was uh, faultless on Sundays like scary good converted everything he, he got four from four but when he won his fourth major he got totally spooked. He went from 13 under to 8 under, fell over the line. And it seems, you know, kin to Rory to have left some kind of scar tissue. He's never been the same on a Sunday since. Mm-hmm. And he That's why away. he only plays on 54, uh, 54 holes most weeks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, apparently the crowd were shouting that to him. That is kind of funny. I wasn't. I, I wasn't <laughs> displeased to see Kupka's uh, collapse fall apart. And like, not for any real kind of human reasons, but just from a sporting point of view, I kind of found it amusing he's got his four majors he's not someone who like badly needs it or anything Gary Murphy on Golf Weekly which is uh, recorded and out as of this morning he reckons John Ram will win the career Grand Slam which is evading McElroy at the moment and will get to nine majors Ah, it's a big statement. Like, Nine's I mean, a lot. It's like That's plenty how have two. That's how good Not that many have three. It's a long. It's still a long way for him That's to go point. to win four. Yeah. It's, and Gary Murphy's not. You know, he's not. Uh, so he still has to win to a PGA and a Open, British Open. Yeah. You know, it's not like we're, he's still a long way off. Could mm. win them both this year. He's that good. <laughs> he's that good. Uh, Carlo Ancelotti. Um, Carlo Ancelotti Real Madrid boss Carlo Ancelotti has ruled out a return to manage Chelsea the Italian is preparing to face his former side in the Champions League quarterfinals tomorrow while Chelsea defender Ben Chilwan meanwhile has ended speculation about his future by signing a two year contract extension and that will keep the England left back at the club until 2027 other contract news today Josh van der Fleer is staying with Leinster until the end of the 2026 season that's after signing an extension with the IRFU. The current World Player of the Year won his 50th international cap last month and played every minute of Ireland's Six Nations campaign. Van der Fleer has also collected four league titles and a Heineken Champions Cup with Leinster. He says it's a privilege to commit his future to the province. His clubmate James Ryan then signed a new deal with the IRFU today and that'll see him through to the end of the 2025 campaign. It's crazy Van der Fleer wasn't on a central contract until today but there you go those things sometimes are just about timing but all rectified now anyway feels like a long time since that game against Leicester but uh, uh, 
Wigglesworth of Leicester joined the oh, well Leinster have too much money it's not yeah. fair uh, we'll talk about it tomorrow on Wednesday Night Rugby Owen Murphy forget McElroy Phil says, by the way what club did uh, Richard Wigglesworth play for during his career for the most part go on Saracens oh of course yeah Phil the Thrill was the highlight of this year's Masters his own just a pity he didn't win and turn up in Butler Cabin with Terminator sunglasses I know how would you have felt if Phil won it don't know conflicted yeah. yeah it'd be happy but also weird and sad yeah. I do think self-inflicted sure but I do think he's been through like what must have been a horrific time, Bad time don't, you yeah. don't like to see anyone suffer that much and uh, I thought in the way he pumped the, his fist to himself on 18 it spoke of a man who'd been through a lot and was like I'm not dead yet you know no. I, I don't want to see him suffer I don't want to see him depressed and I'd say for parts of the, like you have to remember this time last year Augusta said to Phil the most beloved figure in the game up until last year we don't want you at our tournament like such a pariah mm. so I think for him that fist pump was just this sense of personal oh redemption God. for like, himself I'm not yeah. over yeah. I have to say from a pure sporting point of view it was brilliant to see a kind of a like old man Phil Mickelson you know wind the clock back and he's so like, good that was brilliant to watch oh. he was amazing on Sunday like what a round like, he's you so know. good he's frightening and like by all accounts at the Champions Dinner he'd effectively sulked yeah. Like a, he was a diminished, not just physically, he seems to have lost so much weight, but like a diminished yeah. figure. And it seems like. He looks like Gary Player. I said that to you on, on Sunday no. night. He's got the, the all black. He's wearing a jumper tucked into his trousers for some reason. Well, he's got to show off how skinny he is now. <laughs> okay. I don't, who wears a jumper tucked into their trousers? Someone who feels like they've lost a lot of weight. <laughs> and a big high belt. And he looks like Gary Player. He actually is walking around like Gary Player. Yeah. It's bizarre. Gary Player was moaning he doesn't get enough tea times at Augusta did you see that? No. He really doesn't I mean read the room that's not gonna they're not gonna think oh let's give Gary more tea times he was like I can't even bring people out to play at Augusta whenever I want it's a disgrace. Uh, one last story. Uh, trainer Nicky Henderson has confirmed that Constitution Hill will run in Thursday's William Hill Aintree Hurdle. The six-year-old made it six wins from six at Cheltenham last month, winning the champion hurdle. Henderson's star mare Epitant, meanwhile, will defend her crown in the race in opposing her stablemate. Willie Mullins's Sharjah, Gordon Elliott's Zanahir, the Nigel Twiston Davies trained I Like to Move It, and Alan King's Soccer Royale complete the field okay uh, loads of texts coming in we'll get to them across the show for instance Denise O'Sullivan is the best Irish midfielder aside from Roy Keane across male female codes in the last 30 years I don't really know how to compare the male female thing a lot of good Irish midfielders in the last 30 years but she's right up there she really is on the Kante thing I feel like when I said but she's better in the ball does a disservice to how good Kante is in the ball too yeah but they're very similar and then somebody says before you start the cork bashing that came in early I had no plan to bash cork but we can if you want well I'm sick of that I'm so sick of cork being the story in that game to be honest but anyway okay before you start the cork bashing it wasn't a shock neither a disaster cork were afraid of Claire and they played Sounds like he's cork bashing <laughs> management should have been less conservative uh, they must learn fast as John Cork we're going to talk to Colin Boyle in just a few moments Mick we'll see you back for a slight tangent I thank you very much. Be here. Anne-Marie thank you thank you